Okay, so welcome to the uh, Weekend Wire. It's been so long. Not ep- not sure what episode this is. Somewhere in the mid fifties, I think. Um, yeah, it's just me tonight. Couldn't get Aro. He's a busy man. So am I. That's why it's been so long since I've done one of these. But it's late at night, and I had to do this. Because the season starts tomorrow. And I have a lot of thoughts. So I'm going to get right into those without wasting any time. Um, so a lot of change happened this summer, as we all know. We covered that in a previous episode. But um, now the water's a little more clear, I think. And my opinions are a little more clear. Um, so Paul George for the Clippers, is going to miss the first six or six weeks or so. Um, I think that combined with Kawhi's rest that he likes to take over the course of the season is going to mean that they're not going to be a top two seed. I think they're going to be three seed or four seed. <coughs> they're ridiculously good on defense still. Um, at least they should be. Got some great guys off the bench. Only hole with this team is that Zubac is their starting center, and they can get exploited against teams with good bigs like the Sixers and uh, probably Davis on the Lakers. Guys like that could feast against them. But um, as far as shutting down some of those uh, great perimeter scores in the West, the Clippers are pretty much the best team you're going to find for that. I mean, even if, even if Paul George sits, you've still got the best probably the best on-ball defender in the NBA in Kawhi, just kind of hounding whoever. Um, also, Patrick Beverly is still on the team, I think. Is he? Let's check that. I, he, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. Okay. Thought he was. Thought so. Oh, so, yeah. Them, um, I would say... Despite the Paul George thing, despite the three or four seed, um, this is this has proven to be an organization that's been all about winning and has made a ton of right moves moves over the years, over the past few years to get to this point. Um, before they were a laughing stock, and they've really turned it around with this George and Leonard thing, um, and I think it's going to pay dividends. They have a great owner who's committed to spend who. Is committed to spending money if it helps the team win. Um, great front office. Doc Rivers is a great coach, in my opinion. Um, great defensive coach, too, which is going to help a lot. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of hype around this team. Um, I would say I would have them over the Lakers just because I think there's, no matter how good you think LeBron and AD's pick and roll will be, um, I think there's going to be a lot of drama around them, no matter what. They have Dwight Howard, for God's sakes. Like, There's going to be a lot of shit going on, no matter what. LeBron will probably hate Frank Vogel as a coach. Something will go wrong. And I just don't see that as much with the Clippers. Um, let's, say, let's say they are the four seed, and they play you know, Denver in the first round. Do you feel good about picking against Kawhi in the playoffs? Because I don't. I mean, I think they would... I mean, I think they would probably run through every team except for maybe the Lakers or Utah. Um, 
I mean, I'm not hating on the Nuggets, don't get me wrong, but I do think I would pick the Clippers pretty easily. It's just the star power. And, of course, Jokic has been fantastic. And also, while we're on the Nuggets, um, Michael Porter Jr. really showed out in the preseason. He looks great. It's a guy that, I mean, a lot of people forgot about, me included. If, if a guy's not around for the year, for an entire year, forget how good he is. And that's exactly what's what's probably going to happen with Porzingis in Dallas, too, while we're at it. So we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, at the top of the West, I would say I'd have the Nuggets probably being the one seed just because they were so good last year. I think that's a great regular season team. Um, Jokic has shown the ability, despite, like, how out of shape people might think he is to play a lot of minutes. Murray's they just they're they're a deep team. They've got a lot of guys. People sitting out for rest isn't gonna hurt them as much as it would other teams. Um, now another great regular season team in the West that I mentioned earlier is Utah, who their defense is always fantastic. Quinn Snyder is a great defensive system. It's probably the best in the league. Um, and now their offense is probably gonna be unlocked to a level that we haven't seen with them before. Because in the playoffs the past couple of years, they've been sort of plagued by not being able to put up enough points to contend with. I mean, they played Houston. They've lost to Houston the last two years. And if you're going to play Houston, you have to have a shit ton of offensive firepower because they're scoring like nobody's business. And Utah hasn't been able, hadn't been able to sort of keep up with that. And I think you're going to see that change now because Conley is going to really help out their offense. And... Bogdanovich is an underrated acquisition as well. Ed, you got Ed Davis coming off the bench, getting rebounds. He was I loved him on the Blazers. He was always a guy that stuck out to me um, for them. And then, I mean, the key is Conley because he's going to create a lot of like catch-and-shoot opportunities for Mitchell where Mitchell isn't going to have to ISO by himself anymore and throw up these bad shots. He's going he's gonna to be able to attack off the catch. He's going to be able to shoot spot up threes, which he's a he's a great three point shooter, honestly. Um if he if it if it's not bad shots, which a lot of times it was for him last year, because I mean if you think about that Utah team, there wasn't a lot of people who create their own shot consistently other than Mitchell. And now you have Conley to help out with that. Conley in the pick and roll with Gobert, that'll be great. Like there's a lot of moving parts there, but um they're starting five that they're gonna have great spacing. It's gonna be Awesome to watch, so that's 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 gonna be fun. You got Gobert manning the middle, being a stalwart at the rim, sort of controlling that area, and you've got a team that should be great on offense and defense. And that's recipes for success in the NBA. I mean, we've seen it with we've seen it with the Warriors when they have Warriors maybe 2015, 2016. They have great offense, great defense. It always works. So that's something you get excited about too. Northwest Division. I mean. You've got Portland, Utah, and Denver, who are all going to be great. Um, OKC takes a step back, obviously. Wolves are the Wolves. You don't really know what to expect with them unless Anthony Towns takes a big step forward. But um, that's a fun division for sure. So I would probably have, yeah, I'd say I have the Nuggets first, um, Houston second. And this is because we talked about this on an earlier episode. I think it was the last episode we talked about this. Yeah. I think the Westbrook trade, I'm on the side of that it's going to be very helpful for them. Um, I think it's an upgrade over Chris Paul. Um, 
And if you look at Westbrook in the past, he hasn't had great shooters around him. That totally changes in Houston. So that's something to look forward to with them, for sure. I mean, can he, can he learn to coexist with Harden and move off ball? That remains to be seen. But if they stagger them like they should, Westbrook and Harden, I mean, it shouldn't be an issue. Now, Gerald Green is out for the year. That hurts them a little bit, but Houston has been great at finding these sort of guys who are just free agents for the entire year, and then they come and they come out and help them with these playoff runs. Like, Austin Rivers in the playoffs was actually pretty good last year. He had some shots. Same with uh, Shumpert. They just need little guys like that to hit threes and play good defense. And honestly, it used to be hard to find in today's NBA, or in the NBA, but today it's not. So they can they can definitely find guys on the margin still. This is this has always been a great regular season team. Harden doesn't sit a lot of games out. You know he's gonna he guns for the MVP every year. He'll probably do it again. Westbrook should be motivated. Um, as should Harden. Those two should probably be the most motivated people in the league for how their seasons have gone. They're friends. They're excited to play together. It's all there for them as long as they can get along. Um, and of course the Rockets, I'll go into this later, they have the drama with the China thing. I'll go, I'll hit that at the end probably. But yeah, other than that, I think people are a little too overreactionary with like how they should coexist and that there's only one ball and all that. They did it with Chris Paul. They did, they did it with Chris Paul and Harden two years ago and it worked. Um, granted Westbrook's a different player who has a high, higher usage rate and isn't great, isn't as great as a three point shooter. But he's also very high energy, which you need, and he sort of wills his team into the games, which, honestly, if you're the one knock on Harden is that he can sort of disappear, and Westbrook is not going to do that. Westbrook's going to try his ass off every single night for all 48 minutes. So you don't have to worry about that with him. And that's a nice sort of change of pace with Houston, I think. And then, yeah, I'd say they'd probably be two. Two seed for me. Utah, I talked about already. Um, three. Four, I would have the... I'd have the Clippers, just because I think they're going to... I think LeBron or AD will get injured at some point, and the, and the Lakers will probably be fifth. But that team's scary. If you watch the preseason game against the Warriors, where they blew them out, um, LeBron and AD pick and roll is terrifying. I don't know how you guard that. Um it's it's two guys that are six nine and above. One of LeBron's just throwing pocket passes the whole time, wraparounds. Um, and then you got and then when he does that, you've got Davis flying to the rim. He's a great finisher. He's powerful. He can dunk on whoever. That's terrifying for any team in the West to defend. Um, I don't know who can really do that, but they're gonna, there's going to be some dysfunction. I'd be surprised if it all clicks. I mean, we've seen this with the Lakers before. Seen this with these LeBron teams where he gets where he picks up another star. It always happens. It will happen again. And people shouldn't be surprised by it when it does. So I think they'll probably struggle a little bit at first and then pick it up in the end. Um, if they're the five seed, putting the Clippers in the first round, that's a hell of a series. Even though people would have wanted that later, um, I would still definitely take that. Just to see them match up. I mean, that's all you can really ask for. And then... Six, um, probably go Portland, unless I'm forgetting somebody. I think that a, a big, um, 
factor with them is Whiteside and can he even get back to where he was in his sort of prime like years, I guess, with the Heat where he was good. That would be really interesting to see. You've still got Dame, you've still got uh still got McCollum playing their best every night. And that's I mean, those two like Dame we saw last year, he was incredible. So those two are a problem. Um, Nurkic is back. There's a lot of pieces there. And they could, they're, they're a team that can make a trade. Possibly like Kevin Love. Um, Bradley Beal just signed that extension. But I'm not sure that necessarily means that he's locked in staying there. Unless there's some trade rule that I'm forgetting about. But I don't see why that would necessarily mean that he's like done. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. And then... Yeah, I'd probably have them six. Seventh seed, I think I would go with Golden State. And I have a lot to talk about with Golden State. Um, I think that a big thing to watch is, is that their perimeter defense is probably going to be horrible. You don't have Durant. You don't have Clay. Both of them were definitely top five defenders at their positions. Um, and Clay will come back eventually, but it's... Honestly, if they're the seventh seed, you can make an argument that he shouldn't if they're just going to get blown out in the first round by fucking... Depends who, who ends up there, but if it was the Clippers or the Lakers, like, why even come back? Like, risk yourself getting hurt again. Just be 100% ready for next year. <coughs> but, um, yeah, using Clay, you're losing Clay and Durant. This is a team that we know does not have a lot of depth. They didn't last year either. There's going to be even less this year. Steph is going to have to be incredible for this team to have a chance at um, even making the second round. I mean, if he can back, to, if he can get back to where he was in 2016, they should be fine. But um, I don't know if that's possible without Clay. I think he helped a lot with that. Russell is. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits into that team. He's. He can definitely go one-on-one. He's sort of the replacement for KD in that area that the Warriors didn't really have with Steph, where it was all like motion offense and stuff. But he's not as good as a shooter as Clay, obviously. Um, and he's an awful defender as well. Not only are you losing Clay and Durant, you're also adding Russell to replace Clay, who is just an awful defender. It's just a fact. Um, don't see how that's going to work. So, I mean, sure. I think their offense, their offense is going to have to be fantastic. Draymond can stay locked in for an entire season. I don't doubt his ability to do that. So, um, there's a lot to, there's a lot to look at there. I mean, this is an interesting team. We've doubted the Warriors in the past and they've always come through, but, that's when they have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. That's the core pieces you're looking at. And if they don't have Clay till March, then they're going to struggle, and they could be like 500, which might not even be good to make the playoffs in the West. So we'll see about that. But um, yeah, and then the eight seed. Now, before this Zion injury happened, would have had the Pelicans. But now I think, even though I could just blame it on me being at home or and pick them, I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to put Dallas in there. I think that Doncic has a chance to go up a level this season. Um, 
People forget how good Porzingis is. Um, he was ridiculous before he got hurt. I mean, I, I kind of get it because he hasn't played in so long, but he's a terror. He's a unicorn. Like He can dominate some of these guys in the West as well as he did as the East. So that shouldn't be a problem. Um, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is a underrated guy on their roster who can really help them a lot. And, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be slightly better than the Pelicans. I don't think the Spurs are making it, I think, as good as DeJounte is. I don't believe in Marcus, LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, I don't believe in LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan as a duo. I think that's just a weird fit. And the West is even better than it was last year. So, I just don't see them in there. Now, they could prove me wrong because it's the Spurs, but I don't know. I don't see it. And then, uh, yeah, I'll speak on the Zion thing a little bit. So, he's expected to miss six to eight weeks with a injury. Uh, it's not supposed to be significant, but i got to admit, it kind of scares the shit out of me because he... If you watch him walk, just like down the tunnel before pregame. He basically waddles. Like his knees almost go inwards, which is just not natural. That's something that I've always seen with him. And um, that's just, that just kind of scares me because the way, for how much he weighs and how much force he's sort of jumping with and landing on when he goes up for a block or a dunk or a rebound or something, that's a lot of just force on his body, like his feet and his ankles and his knees. And that's just that's just scary to see because with him, he's a big guy. It could be over in a second. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have knocks on him on the draft because of this. The few people that did, that was probably what their problem was. But, I mean, if you watch the preseason, he averaged, what, like 23 points a game? They're using him as sort of a running back, which I love. They sort of, it's weird. They'll do like these little... Someone will catch it at the low post and sort of set a screen for him, and they'll pitch it to him just to like get him downhill, like he's it's almost like a outside pitch to like Todd Durley or something, except he's way bigger. But so like they'll pitch to him and they'll hand it off just to get him like going full speed towards the rim. And once he does that, it's pretty fucking hard to stop. He's huge. Um, I saw some people knocking him in the preseason for like he's he's. Like, he'll finish a game where he's 8 of 9, but, like, all of his shots are in the paint. And they're like, oh, you can't shoot. It's like, well, if you were playing basketball and you can get a layup or a dunk every single time or get fouled versus shooting 25-footers that you're not confident in, what would you do? Obviously, you're going to take the shots in the paint. That's what he's doing. So people can shut up if they think that they're going to if the Pelicans are going to encourage him to shoot outside shots, if he can score inside that easily. Um, that's just ridiculous. We The Pelicans have some other young guys that are good as well. I mean, Nikhil Alexander-Walker being one of them that sort of flew under the radar during the draft. Lonzo, Ingram, Holiday's still relatively young. Actually, actually he's on the wrong side of 30, but he, he'll be great. Um kind of sucks about the Zion thing, but because the Pelicans have a lot of nationally televised games the first couple weeks of the year, it's just going to be weird to watch him without seeing him out there. But once he gets back, I mean, it's going to be great. Um, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to go go to games down there when I can, hopefully. Um, 
yeah, so there's a lot there's a lot to see in New Orleans without with or without Zion, obviously. And that that uh, internet message board rumor of him having a torn meniscus really scared a lot of people on Twitter, including myself. So um, don't do that. Whoever did that, because that was that was fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I got in the West. Um, I think the Kings could maybe sneak in there if De'Aaron Fox really, really becomes much better than he is right now. Um, and some of their other young guys like Giles and Bagley, uh, Boyard, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think those are your eight West playoff teams. And as far as advancing goes, I would probably put Clippers. If the Clippers and Lakers don't play each other, that would be my Western Conference Finals teams, with the Clippers being the team I would think we would see in the finals. So... That just makes logical sense to me. Um, yeah. So, all right. So we did the West. Now to the East. I'm going. This is a fast episode. Wow. Um, if Aharo and I were doing this, we'd be, we'd be the clock would be like 35 right now for elapsed time. Um, in the East, you've really got two contenders. You've got the 76ers, who I'll talk about them later. I'm very excited about this team. Versus Giannis and the Bucks for who could win the title out of the East. I think those are the only two teams, um, unless KD takes the super HGH and comes back, which he won't. So those are your two contenders in the East. Um, now I'll talk about the Bucks first. So there's still a lot of buzz around this team, um, and I think people should temper their expectations a little bit. Last year was very exciting for them because of the new offense, new coach. Budenholzer was great, um, all that shit. But now um, you've lost some talent. I mean, Progden was a big loss for them, I think, and that's gonna you're going to see that. Um, Bledsoe's not – he just doesn't deserve the contract he has. It's a bad contract. Um, he's not good consistently. I am not a big Middleton guy. Um, this team is just really big. It's like Giannis versus everybody um, that a lot of people don't want to admit that. But it's just like he has his shooters around him. Love Brook Lopez. Um, they lost Miritich. That's another thing that just kind of went overlooked. They lost, he was great for them at points. So they've lost some talent. And if, I mean, if you believe Giannis saying that he's 60% of the player he's going to be when he hits his prime, then I guess you can believe that and believe that he can go up to 80% this year, which would, I can't even imagine what that would look like. I mean, it would be like, what is he going to average? Like 30, 20, and 10? I mean, that would be insane to think that he could be that much better than he was last year. Um that team in the playoffs ran into Kawhi, and who had one of the greatest playoff runs in the history of the NBA. I mean, so and that they still kept that series very competitive, regardless of. You could say that the Raptors maybe could have won in five because Game One was super close, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of that was a fun series, sort of an underrated series. There's a lot of there was a lot of good moments in that series, but. Uh, yeah, so I would have the 76ers ahead of the Bucks 
for who I think is going to come out of the East and who I think would have the better record. So this team, huge-ass lineup. you got Ben Simmons playing point. you got Richardson, Tobias Harris, Horford, and Embiid. That's, that is about as big of a lineup as I can remember ha- us having in the NBA. Um, now, main thing that comes to mind with them is who the hell is going to score on that team? I mean, all those guys are above-average defenders. Um, it's They're going to, like, just imagine, like, the passing lanes. And then you got Thibault coming off the bench as an amazing perimeter defender. I've seen some of these clips on Twitter where he's just, he's dominant off-ball and on-ball. It's it's, insa- it's amazing to see. Like, he's a, he's a big-time impact player off the bench for them. He should be. Um... And people can say that like their spacing is going to be horrible on offense, but how are, how are teams going to defend them? These huge lineups. I mean, you're going to have to put a small guy on Simmons, and if you're playing Embiid and Horford at the same time, watch out. I mean, that, that's going to be ridiculous. That's it's insane to me that people that people are really. Honestly, at this point, I think it's I think it's ridiculous that anyone would that people would take the Bucks over this team. I I, I think that the Horford thing is being overlooked. People, like if if there ever was a team that would appreciate his talents, it would be the Sixers. That that he could like a team that could really thrive from what he brings. It's the Sixers. It's the spacing. It's the defense. The discipline. Like the, all the intellectual stuff that they've sort of missed. That. Um, the Celtics had and the Sixers just haven't had compared to them. Um, it might come down to how effective Simmons is. I don't believe that the three that he hit at the end of the half in the preseason is reflective of anything we're going to see this year. Um, but if he can sort of weather the storm and make some plays with these other guys and play great defense, they should be okay. And I, I do think they would beat the Bucks. Um yeah, I, I, I definitely have them coming out of the East. I don't even, I really don't have to think twice about it. I've, I've, I've definitely, if you asked me this summer, I would have, I would have definitely considered this for a little longer. But I'm sort of, I'm very excited to watch this team. Is the point, and I do, I do think they're going to be pretty dominant in the East. So that's my two cents on that. But, um, and then in the West. You got, I mean, not in the West, my bad. You got the Celtics, um, who could experiment with some weird lineups this year. I've heard some rumors of a small ball lineup with Tatum playing center. Um, I don't know how to react to that news. I, I think that that's, that could be playing with fire, but I also think that if he sort of embraces this role of where he's <coughs> not going to take what he learned from Kobe and take these long 20-footers without even thinking about attacking the rim, I think that could work. But against these bigger guys, he's going to get dominated. And the Celtics' interior defense is going to be shitty. I mean, you got Canner, who can't guard anyone. Like, anyone. And then... Uh, that's kind of it. You lost Baines, who's good good on defense. Like if they start Canner, 
I think that's a borderline disaster. So they're going to have to get creative with some of these lineups, I think. Um, maybe throw Taco Fall in there. Why not? He would be, that would be fun. But um, yeah, I think the Kemba thing, I think he'll, I think it'll go better than the Kyrie experience did just because Kyrie's leadership and attitude were so bad. But um, like other than that, I don't think that this team is going to really challenge either the Bucks or the 76ers. Then you got the Pacers, you got the, who the Pacers who, you know, I don't know what to think about them because Old Depot, even if he comes back as soon as they say he's going to, which is like after two months, I mean, is he going to be the same player? Injury that he has is very rare. Um, Pacers have a weird lineup. If they trade Sabonis, I think that's going to hurt them. Actually, they just extended Sabonis. Never mind. But I think it's kind of a weird team that I don't necessarily like. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it with them. And then the Heat, I actually do like. I do think they're probably your third seed in the East. Um, they have a lot of guys that I just a fan of. Like, I think Butler's gonna really buy into that uh, culture they have. I don't think that's bullshit what he's saying. I do think he's the type of guy that would really appreciate like all the hard work and all that shit that comes out of Heat culture. They picked up Myers Leonard, who has had some moments for Portland last year. Tyler Harrow should be. I think he can be good immediately coming, I mean, playing for them. We'll see what happens with Winslow. With Winslow. Autobio is a good, I mean, he's a good player that could get better um, this year, who I thought was sort of underrated last year. So there's some, there's some bright spots for them. Um, again, I don't think they really challenged the two contenders that I talked about earlier much, but... Uh, yeah, there's there's stuff to get excited about there. I think they'll have a like they'll have a fun season. They'll get to the second round and maybe, you know, take one of these teams six. So Yeah, and and then a team that a lot of people are overlooking because Kawhi left is uh the Raptors, who still have a lot of good players. Now it remains to be seen where they whether they ship off those players. But there's stuff to get excited about there with Siakam just had that max extension, who, which I think he deserved, by the way. I'll just go ahead and talk about that now. I think he deserved it. I think he was great in the finals. Um, Golden State, even with Draymond, a lot of these games, like game one and sort of game six, if I remember correctly, he was pretty good against them. Um, there was a lot of, there was sometimes deep in the playoffs where he was sort of nervous to get the ball, he was sort of playing. Um, hot potato with it but I think that finals run gave him a lot of confidence and he could be scary you've got Gasol, you've got Lowry you've got Friendly, just a lot of guys who can score, a lot of guys you can depend on to get a bucket, that's important in the NBA so that I, I still think this team could be like 3, 4, 5, or not 4, 5 not 3, but maybe 4, 5, 6 seed area um, we've got the Nets no KD yet, but Kyrie um, should be bought in. Uh, Levert, bunch of young guys. Joe Harris, who um, getting a lot of buzz just like last year. If 
like honestly, I didn't watch the Nets last year enough to have a good opinion on this, but um, I'm not sure if he can defend anybody. But not sure if Kyrie can either. So I don't really know what to expect from this team. They could be better than I thought, worse than I think, better than I think they will, worse than I think they will. Not really sure. I don't have a good read on them. <coughs> I'd have the Magic in the playoffs, I'd think. Um, stuff to watch for with them. I think Isaac can get better. Um, Aaron Gordon is someone to get excited about out there. Um, I mean, I think Bamba might be... Bamba might have been a bad pick. I think that might be safe to say now. I know it's only been two years, but... Like, you see these videos of him just taking these long shots. It's just like, what the, What are you doing? Like, go in there and be dominant like you were in college, defensively. It just makes way more sense. Also, um... I think the last playoff team for me... I said seven, right? I had, I had the, yeah. So I had the Sixers, the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Nets, the Magic, and then I think I would throw the Hawks in there. Um, I don't, because I don't believe in the Pistons necessarily, and I think the Hawks have a lot of complementary pieces there. Besides Alex Lynn, if he's really going to start for them at center, but. I think Reddish could be better than people expected. Trey Young's horrible on defense, obviously, but he was great last year in offense. And a lot of people, like, were, there was a good amount of people who were saying he should he should have won Rookie of Year over Doncic. I was not one of those people, but I think there was definitely an argument to be made. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Omari Spillman is sort of on, no one really talks about him. I think he can sort of do some stuff with, there out there and then Herder obviously um, he's kind of become a meme from Ryan Rosillo Rosillo but uh yeah there's that that team's really young John Collins I forgot to mention him but he's he's been great I mean he's really been he's he's a guy that like I did not expect to be good so quickly at least and he's just completely proved me wrong like he's he he could really become like all-star this year like I could see it with them especially the East That's a, he's, he's a guy to sort of look out for improvement this year out there and then as far as my finals pick go goes now that I'm done with both conferences pretty much I mean I don't really want to talk about teams missing the playoffs this is not interesting. I don't have a lot of time. I'm a stressed out college student. I barely have time to do this shit. But, um, yeah, I think I'd have the 76ers and the Clippers. Um, I would assume the 76ers would have home court, which is why I am going to go out on a limb right now. I'm going to pick them to win the NBA Finals. That's right. I know. You can't believe it. I'm sure all of you are shocked. But um, I haven't made a bold prediction like this in a while. But I really believe in this team. Um, they were so, so close to beating Kawhi and the Raptors last year. It took, it took his shot four bounces to send them away off the rim. And 
I just think they're going to get their revenge on him this year and win. Um, I think that Embiid and Horford would dominate the Clippers bigs. Uh, I think they could really make it hard on Kawhi and George, just throw a lot of defenders at them, make that make it hard for them to score. Um, and if Philly really embraces that defensive tough toughness identity, I do think that's a path to the championship for them. Even though in today's NBA, offense is supposed to be everything. I do like the idea of them sort of reverting that idea back to this tough identity and going at teams in that way. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would have the Sixers winning the finals. Um, I, I don't know. It just, I, it's, it's kind of a gut feeling thing too. I think that, uh, I, I think it'd be weird for me to imagine Kawhi going to a team for one year, winning the title and then doing it again. That just seems like a little too far-fetched for me, but that's just me. Um, a lot of people disagree, I know. They're the most popular title pick right now, for sure. All right, now, let's get to some of these contract extensions that happened in the last couple days. Shayla Brown, four years, $115 million. Um, Okay, that one is an overpay. He, I have to admit, I gained a lot of respect for him last year because he sort of played hard through all the Kyrie stuff, especially at the end of the year. But he's not just a guy when I think about him. I'm like, oh, that guy deserves $27 million. Like, no, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I know the contracts are ridiculous now, but, like, I don't know. That just seems seems a little much. Um, had it been four years, 100, probably would have been okay with it. I just think it's, a, it's an overpay. And then um, Sabonis, four for 80. That one I'm okay with because I think he can develop into a better player. Um, I think he can develop into a player. He's sort of old school. I think his defense can get better. Um, If he can sort of improve his outside shooting, I think he could be good for the Pacers and sort of man the middle for them. Um, he, I loved him in college, too. So, um, now Buddy Heald gets four for ninety four plus twelve million in incentives. One of the one of the incentives is a finals appearance, so I wouldn't bank on that. This one um, initially, I had a negative reaction to it. I was like, "Why does he deserve this money?" But I do think that he can get better. Um, he's already a great shooter. That's a guy that just you want in today's league. He's 3 and D, you know. More emphasis on the 3 part of that. But um, I do think he can be effective for the Kings. More effective than he is now. He's young. Kings are exciting. Exciting roster to see how they develop. Um... Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a decent deal for him. And then Dejounte Murray today, four for sixty four. That's a massive bargain to me. I think see some of these clips of him locking down hard in the preseason and like scoring on him. 
I think in two years it's going to look like a ridiculous contract. So that's that's one to get really excited about. But uh, yeah, I think that may be all I got besides the China stuff. Um, I think LeBron's response to the Maury tweet is very... I think he probably should have thought about that a little more. Even though his, he needs China for his business, his Nike deal is a, mil, it's a billion dollars. Like, I think a lot of people would probably share this opinion. My jaw almost dropped when I watched that video of him saying, like, saying his answer to the reporter's question. That was probably his biggest public big step ever. I can't think of a bigger one. But, yeah. That's kind of all I got. Um, I don't want to get into the China stuff too much because honestly, I'm not really connected to it. I don't understand too much of it. But I think it's ridiculous that China thinks they can decide who who uh, is still working for the Rockets or not. Like I don't, I don't, I think it's insane that they would suggest like that Mori should be fired and think they can control that. Obviously, they're a very powerful nation, but that's just ridiculous to me. Um, anyway, um, that was a quick one. That's all I got. I will be back soon. 76ers over Clippers in the NBA Finals. See you guys.